Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the National Whiffle Holy Commutes podcast. I'm your host, Grant Miller. Uh, today, you'll be listening to a special Kalamazoo Wiffle Ball League edition with a one-on-one interview with longtime Wiffle legend and friend David Ayers. Uh, folks, you're definitely going to want to give this one a listen. We're going to begin into some pretty deep stuff here, so buckle up here and listen in. Um, so with that, David, how are you doing today? Good. How you doing? Doing good. Doing yeah. good. Not enjoying the snow that's falling currently at my house, but it is December, <laughs> so I guess it's got to deal with it. Yep. Uh, my shovel and plow will be will be going at it here shortly. Yeah, for sure. So, David, we're uh, we got a national audience today listening in on this. So, you want to just kind of give them a background of you personally, family, where you're from, etc. Yeah, I so I'm. Born and raised in Kalamazoo area my whole life, originally from Goebbels, Michigan, which is a small town that's just kind of west of Kalamazoo. Currently live in Pawpaw, which is west of Kalamazoo. Um, I've been, let's see, I, I'm obviously I'm married. I got two kids, 11-year-old and 8-year-old. Keep me pretty busy, but managed to still find time to play wiffle ball. So, Thud baseball players growing up, too. Yeah. <laughs> So how did you get started in the KWL? Did you play with ball growing up? What what's the history behind that and also what you've done throughout your, you know, career and just the national scene and everything like that? Yeah, I, I mean I assume like everybody, obviously when I was a kid, I'd play with my brother in our backyard one on one. Looking back, I don't know how we ever did one on one, but it's what we did to pass the time in the summers. Um and then it was, it was, so my first year playing was 2010, but I remember it was back in 2009. I lived in apartments just down from where Flesher Field is uh, on the curve by Kalamazoo Valley at Saddle Creek Apartments. And I had noticed when I, I was in a golf league at that time, which was on Tuesdays, and I had noticed when I'd be coming back from golf, there were wiffle ball games going on at that field. So I had called talked to Brian Lewis, who uh, me and him, we've been friends since kindergarten, went to school together and everything. And I was like, dude, I go, I think there's a wiffle ball league going on at these fields. Like I see people, they're wearing massing jerseys. So like, I don't think it's just, uh, um, you know, people getting together and playing. So he did his, he, he checked into it. I don't know if he just went up there or how he got a hold of um, Brian Myers, who was running the league at the time, how he got a hold of him. But he ended up saying, yeah, dude, there's a there's a league. We should get into it next year. And so that's kind of, he kind of he spearheaded it. He, at the time, he had worked with Adam Kuzman and another guy that originally played with us who had, um, hasn't played, but that we were kind of the core four. And then we added a couple more pieces, and that's kind of how we got started playing. And that was on the scared hit list team. Yes, correct. Yep. yep. And scared hit list for uh, the listeners. They they're still playing longtime KWL franchise. Ayers, you won two championships back to back with them, correct? Yep, 2012 and 2013. Nice, nice. And then, and you've always done the NWA tournament. So you're one of, correct me if I'm wrong, one of two now, or is it three who've played in every NWA tournament? I believe it's. I mean. It's still three right now. It's me, Sam Skibby, and Jeremy Radajek. There's rumors about Radajek maybe being done. Um, don't know if that's true or not. But as of right now, there's three. There's three of us. So that's that's incredible. So 13 years, right? Yes. 
Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. And and so far, just to give the listeners some some idea of what you've done, you've put up some incredible numbers. So 13 years, he's gotten three Cy Whiffles, which is our best pitcher award in the KWL. Again, he's won two championships. He's got if you combine his regular season and playoffs, he's got over a thousand strikeouts. Not many guys in the league have ever done that. At the plate, you're one shy of a hundred home runs, so you're about to get that one next year. Uh, this is a cool one too. I don't think a lot of people would know this, but you have the second most wins in the NWA tournament. That's yeah. pretty crazy. That's just a product of me playing in every single tournament. <laughs> I'm not sure. trying to say I'm one of the top pitchers in that tournament because there's some <laughs> phenomenal pitchers in that tournament. But fair, longevity, fair. Long, longevity helps for sure. You're you're right up there though. I mean, your your career ERA in the KWL and and that is really good. And um, I mean, you we came in second. We're runners up in 2020. And that you pitched some outstanding games. You pitched 16 innings at a 1.12 ERA, 0.88 WHIP in. I mean, they're against some of the best teams. I think OCWA was the really, I think, your last outing in that tournament. Uh, that was, yeah, I, the complete game. I came in for the first of two against WSEM. I started and then hoping right. finished. But, yeah, um, yeah, that was that was a fun year. Like, everything just clicked for us properly, you know. Like, everybody, we, we couldn't have asked for a better run at that point. <laughs> it was fun for sure. Definitely. So, since you've been in the Kalamazoo League, how has the league evolved since you've been here? You've seen a lot of changes and a lot of people. It go has. Through. It has. It's crazy how, like, so we've modified rules as we went along to help with competitiveness. But obviously, just as we went along, players have gotten better. But, I mean, we went from when I first was in the league, I think the mound was four feet closer than it is now. We've. We've moved it back twice since I've started playing. We moved it back to uh, a certain point, and then it was like after I think the third year of the NWLA tournament, we moved it back another two feet just to match that length. Um, so we're right on par with that. Um, when we first when we first started playing, like ball could be picked up inside inside the base pass so in the infield, and it was an automatic out. So yeah. you know that we we went away from that to our current ruling. Partly because pitching had got so good that hitting was suffering, so it was a it was a way to help hitting, and I think it's helped, um, you know. And then we we used to have a rule that like if you got if you didn't walk or if you got five balls for a walk, you didn't actually have to take your walk; you could stay in and hit, which was good in the beginning because it was you know more of a social league and just about having fun but we found we had to get rid of that because it would happen to where people would do that and then all of a sudden if it was a close game in the last inning now they wouldn't do it and it was like we need to make yeah. it uniform across you know because then that would just make up arguments to be like well you, you did it last inning now why are you not doing it this inning type of thing and it just caused a lot of headaches um and then I would say the biggest one that we did this past year was changing kind of how our league is structured with doing the um, so competitive side and the social side. And I think that was a great thing. I don't I didn't hear anyone like unhappy with that. Everybody seemed happy. It was there were a lot of competitive games on both sides. Like I think that was one of the biggest pluses to us making this league better. 
Hundred percent, and, and we did. We I I don't know if it happened multiple times, but I know at least once a social team beat a competitive team. Like those social teams are solid, and even scared hitless who they're on the social side this year they were the one team from that division to make to our playoffs they played uh the number one team the flying monkeys really tough so in the playoffs so. yeah yeah i think it helped a lot of guys on the competitive side um to get more confident especially pitching yeah because they weren't you know they weren't concerned with trying to strike everybody out and i think yeah. it, i think that helped for sure I 100% agree on that. So uh, how about these last two years? So uh, a lot of these listeners are probably unaware unaware of what you've gone through. Um, mm-hmm. Can you kind of fill everyone in on your Wiffle and, and life journey? Yeah, so back in 20, like the spring of 2021, I started having some health issues. Um, I fought through it, you know, I still obviously played wiffle ball, did everything, but was going to the doctors, getting tests done and everything. And back in January of this past year, so January of 2022, I found out that I was, uh, I had a tumor in my rectum, so I was diagnosed with rectal cancer. And so from that point, like I, I went, I was going through chemo treatments and radiation treatments all summer and everything. And obviously, I still managed to play wiffle ball. I was still coaching my um, both my boys in baseball, um, just trying to stay as busy as possible. But it was it was quite a quite a um, tough experience at times. Like so, I, I started chemo. My first chemo treatment was February twenty second. My last one was May thirty first. So I was going through that. You know, we started our we started our league in May, so pretty much every two weeks, like I, we'd have a game on Monday, Tuesday morning. I'd get to the cancer center about anywhere between seven or nine a.m., depending on when my appointment started. I'd get blood work done. I'd meet with my oncologist to go over the blood work, see how everything was going. Then I'd go up to the infusion room and I'd be there for four, three to four hours getting chemo treatments. So I'd be there for about six hours on Tuesday. I'd leave there with. Uh, a pump attached to me that was administering an- another chemo drug for about a day and a half, and I'd have to go back Thursday to get that taken off. I did that every two weeks, like I said, till the end of May. Um, and then I started had the about had the month of June off to kind of just go over things and just kind of let the body recover. But then I started, I think it was July sixth, I started my radiation treatments. That was every day, Monday through Friday, five days a week at uh, eight o'clock in the morning. So I'd go get that done, then I'd go to work, and I'd go play wiffle ball. And then, like for the NWA tournament, I had that I had that radiation treatment that Friday morning, and then you and uh, Bear and myself left out about noon to head down to Indy for the tournament. Like, you know, it was it was an adventure for sure. You know? Yeah, it, it's just wild. Like for the listeners, so being kind of a little more firsthand with Ayers and he me and him played on the same team for the first time this year so I kind of saw the progression throughout the summer and it I've told you this Ayers so many times but like how you attacked cancer and this just the situation you were dealt with I've never seen anything like it like for for the listeners like this guy you nobody 
would have ever guessed you had cancer. Nobody would have ever known. You you didn't basically want to talk about it. You just acted like everything was normal. You look normal. You still had hair. You still were looking great with yeah. <laughs> like it was like it was just like seriously, it's it's super inspiring. And that's kind of why when you said you wanted to hop on, I wanted to talk about this because I think it can really help people um a lot because you went through hell and you made it look just really easy and you're mentally really strong anyways. I know that's part of the resilience to get you through that. But like, I think a lot of people, if they were dealt those cards, they would say, screw wiffle ball. Like, why Why would I even want to put any effort in that? So like, what made you decide to keep playing this year? Yeah, well, and thank you. I know you told me that before, how much of an inspiration I was. Like, I don't know. I have a hard time looking at it like that. Like, I was just, I was doing what I had to do um, as far as like not looking like I had it, I was very fortunate, like my age and my overall health, you know, I turned, I turned 40 back in May. So I was for having cancer. I mean, most people are older, like I was fairly young for that and I was in good shape and everything that helped a lot. Um, luckily the, the chemo drug that I had, like losing hair wasn't a side effect of that. So that's why I never lost my hair. Um, most of the side effects I I didn't have too many. The biggest, the biggest two side effects I had was I was always tired. I had no energy. And in the spring, especially, I was I had very uh big cold sensitivity. Like if it got cold, my feet, my hands, my fingers, I'd like be like pins and needles and like it hurt. So that was difficult to do for work and even, you know, playing wiffle ball. Like if it it would it'd be like 68 and sunny and everybody's like thinking it's a gorgeous day and my hands are I got pins and needles in my hand because my hands are cold. Like it had to be like almost 75 before I didn't have that. So that was that was an adjustment to try to handle. Um but you know I just I took it as I needed to do it, try to do keep as normal of a life as possible just for my sanity and my mental my mental stability like if I was sitting at home feeling sorry for myself what good is it going to do I'm going through it regardless I need to do what I can do you know and I've always been a person where if I make a commitment to something or to some people or someone like I need to try to honor it as much as possible and you know I was I wouldn't I had no problem talking about it when people asked how I was doing it but you know I still I wasn't the person and I never have been where I'm just gonna like complain and and really tell people how it was. I mean, I was in pretty much my body was uncomfortable 24/7. Like to not get into like too much of details, but it it felt like I had to go to the bathroom all the time, but I couldn't. And my body was telling me I had to go, and I was fighting myself, and it was it was draining. But the funny thing was when I was coaching my kids whether it was Little League or travel or when I was playing wiffle ball for those couple hours, like I didn't even realize I couldn't feel it. Like it was like because I was focused on the other stuff, it helped me just for the couple hours to feel okay. You know, so it just, it was something I had to do and I'm glad I was able to do it. I know I wasn't a hundred percent and you know, I know you, with playing with you, you saw it a lot. Like I didn't play a lot of defense just because I was tired, especially if I was pitching like the game before, like that took all my energy out of me, you know, so I, I had to sit a lot and I appreciate 
you got you and Lance and Sawyer and Artum like understanding the situation and being like, you know, not expecting me to do what I can't do type of thing. But, you know, it was just, it was something, something I had to do for myself just to keep, like I said, keep myself sane. So. Sure. No, I, I, I'm so happy you were able to stick it out and that it helped you because like, you were still no one again like from a from a actual competitive side there was like not even a difference in my in my mind maybe towards the end of the summer a little bit after you kind of went through multiple months of treatment you could maybe see a little bit of like your velocity drop but for the most part it was the same old years i mean like i was looking at your stats today you went 5 and 0 you're one of three pitchers to go undefeated you had one save 31 innings pitched 2.13 era you were in the tops of all the pitching categories mm-hmm. um, and at the plate yeah you had 33 rbis which for context that was more than your 2020 and 21 21 seasons combined 2021 seasons combined so um, and you had four bombs, two of which were like grand slams, and it seemed like every time you hit a home run, they're clutch, uh, whether it's in the playoffs or in the season against really good pitchers, you know, against Hogan, against Tate, against Shepard. And then not to mention, you still went to the NWA tournament and threw eight innings and only gave up one run. So it's just like incredible. And I that's what I wanted to hop on here was I think a lot of people who saw you and saw us at the NWA tournament they had they had no idea because like, we didn't we didn't really make it public or anything but little did they know you were going through all this and you were still shoving so it's just like yeah such a cool story. yeah and from from the pitching standpoint the toughest it was more towards the end of the year when i was on the radiation i i one of the side effects of that was i was having numbness in my fingers so that affected my pitching a little bit like i it was like i couldn't feel the ball properly with my fingertips and also that made it difficult at times and it was frustrating to me because I expect to be perfect like I'm my own worst critic you know and so that that was frustrating but yeah I all things considered I mean I guess I'd say for the most part I was probably 70 to 80 percent of myself last year and I guess that's pretty damn good considering right oh yeah Hell yeah. What what about, so again, you were on a new team this year. Could you kind of give everybody uh, some context of how that happened? You played for Scared Hit List for all the years prior. Can you walk everyone through what happened and kind of how the 2022 season went? Yeah, so, you know, last at the end of the 2021 season, before 2022 started, there was talks about changing up the format of the league and everything. And myself and brian and justin had you know we the three of us run the league and we were talking about it and figuring out trying to figure out like what teams would go where and brian had said you know we're we might go to the social side you know some you know everybody's kind of half of our team wanted to go social kind of a couple of us wanted to stay competitive and i just told him like i said earlier I've been friends with him since kindergarten. You know, he's one of my best friends. I told him, I was like, well, I go, obviously, I love playing with you and everybody on our team. I love our team. I mean, I've got the Scared Hitless logo tattooed on my arm. Right? You know? That's true. Every, everybody, that's I, not a joke. He literally does. <laughs> I am, I'm Hitless through and through. I go, 
but I'm not ready to give up the competitive side of this. And I go, it's going to be no hard feelings. I get it. Like, I don't think I'll have a trouble finding a team if you guys want to go to the social side. So it ended up happening and I ended up giving you a call. I was like, hey, you looking for anybody? I need a team. And of course, you jumped right on that. And <laughs> then I then I told you about my situation and what I'd be going through. But yeah, that's kind of how it worked. Like, and I had I had a lot of fun this year. I was it was kind of like it was completely different. I went from a team where we were all late 30s, early 40s to me being 40 and you guys all being 28 or younger. Like that's so you're so you're 17. <laughs> yeah, I'm old enough to be his dad, you know. Like it it was it was fun though. Like I kind of felt like Roger Dorn a couple a little bit sometimes, you know, but no, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun to watch, you know, help help where I can, like watch Lance, how much he improved on over the year with his pitching was amazing. You know, and I, I know he's got the drive, he's only gonna get better. But yeah, it was it was fun. I, I really enjoyed watching you play every week. Like you're in my mind, you're the best hitter to ever be in our league and it's not even close. Thanks, like man. it was, you know, before you I was I always said it was Brian Jennings, but your your ability to just it's amazing to watch you hit so it was it was fun watching that every year likewise, likewise. Week, I should say. yeah so <laughs> but yeah it was it was a fun season it was it was definitely a change but it was good i still got out to watch the those, those boys play when i could on thursdays and stuff so yeah yeah that, that's just your ability to balance everything with the cards you're dealt it just baffles my mind um so do you, I mean, you have a lot of things to be proud of. I mean, the last two years in general is just, should be proud, pretty proud moment, how proud moment, how you handled all that. But is there one or two things that stick out more than anything else, whether it's wiffle ball related, whether it's personal, it doesn't matter, but. Um, I don't know. Like, like I said, it's just, I, I took it as it's what I, it's what needs to be done. You know, like, again, like I told you, you, I've had mu multiple people tell me like how inspirational it was and I'm just like I don't feel special I'm just I'm honestly I felt like I was one of the lucky ones because I didn't have a lot of side effects I was able to do everything normal I I definitely understand how especially older people that are in their 60s or 70s they get cancer like how going through that treatment can absolutely wreck them where they can't do anything like because there were days where I felt like like I just didn't want to get out of bed you know but it's just it, it was it is what it is I had to do it I had to get through it you know luckily I had a good support staff with my family my wife my kids my parents my in-laws like they were my parents and my in-laws anytime they needed to take the kids for us they would like my wife's my wife's a teacher um, her principal, like anytime she had to go with me to doctor's appointments, it like it was no issues. Like, you know, it was it was great. Like having all, all you and everybody else in the league, like always asking how I was doing and just being there for support was awesome. And with my son's uh, travel team that I coach, like all the parents were amazing, you know, and I just I had a really good support staff, so it made it a lot easier. But, and then I guess we could we could say this too with that. So I had I, f I finished my radiation in August, and I had surgery to remove the tumor November third, 
And I had a couple weeks ago now, I met with my oncologist for the pathology report and I'm officially in remission. I, there's no cancer anywhere in my body. They, they were able to remove it all. They had removed 17 lymph nodes from around the tumor while they were doing that surgery and those all came back uh, negative. So there was nothing in those. So at this point, I'm just, I got an ileostomy bag now. So I'm waiting for everything to heal and I'm get that off in February at some point and I'll be good and it'll be checkups every so often for about five years to make sure it doesn't come back but right now it's the best best case scenario so yeah no man that's that's awesome I'm just so happy for you and your family um when you when you got when you dropped that news I was I was ecstatic so thank yeah, you it, yeah it definitely it made me stop and think like, you know, when, so when I was diagnosed, I was 39, like not thinking about dying, not thinking right. about death. Like, you know, it, obviously we know everybody's going to die, but you really don't think about it when you're this age, like everything's going great. And I had to sit back and think like, holy cow, like I have, you know, what the, at the time it was, my kids were 10 and seven when I was diagnosed. And I'm like, I, you know, I could sit here and my kids not have a dad, you know, and my wife not have a husband. And it was a real eye opener and it made me really appreciate what I have and what I'm able to do and everything. And I joke that I'm not ever going to have a midlife crisis because this came through and set me straight. Like, I'm not going to be upset with anything now, you know, like... It definitely put put life into perspective for me. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with that, I mean, with you officially in remission and being at 20, you have any goals, like specific goals uh, to get after as you're kind of just rebuilding, like from a health standpoint? Yeah, I want to get back into shape. I was so out of shape last year. Like I got, I got tired running to first base, like, you know, so that was, that was one. I mean, personal goals, like I'm sitting regular season wise, I'm just shy of a thousand. Like I have opportunity to get to that thousand strikeout mark. I think regular season wise, I know AJ Tate was the first one in our league to reach it. I believe Adam and Hogan have gotten there now and possibly Lee. I don't know if anybody else has gotten there. Like, yeah, so small so, company. Yeah, so you know that's kind of that would kind of be a cool thing to get this year. And if I have a normal norm, my normal year, then I'll get it. Um, but yeah, just I mean, just going out and having, obviously NWLA. I look forward to that every year. Yep. You know, I'd love for us to finally put it together and get that championship. It would mean the world, but yeah, it's just just keep plugging along. Yeah, love that. Love that. Well, um, anything else you want to plug or leave or or speak on before we leave? I mean, I, I know your story. Um, I, I've said it a number of times on here, but it really is uplifting and inspiring. So uh, I guess Thanks. I'll let leave it to you for the floor here for last words. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just glad I've gotten through it and just looking back, looking forward to next year, just being completely normal, back to 
normal what it was I guess now three years ago you know um, and just going out and having fun and looking forward to each week that we get to play well thanks Ayers and uh, yeah one thing I think I I maybe told you this too but I recently had a buddy who same age as me who literally came down with the same diagnosis as you and I remember talking to him and and telling him your story because he was I mean yeah it's terrifying and I told him that and it definitely helped him like no doubt and he he told me that because he's he ended up having a a really successful surgery and it looks like they removed all the cancerous cells in in the tumor and he is going to go through chemo just to be safe but um, he he did he told me that he's like that story of your friend in the KWL like that like eased my mind that I could do this too so I know you're going to help multiple other people who are listening into this or anybody who's listening in who maybe has a family member um, I, I I know your story will help so appreciate it well thanks I will say for because us guys as a species we're stubborn right if anybody if you start noticing anything out of the ordinary mainly blood in your stool go get it checked out don't wait don't put it off you know it's not going to kill you to make sure that it's not cancer or anything else and get it taken care of quickly the earlier you find it the better off you'll be that was one thing that helped me we did find it early so definitely awesome man well appreciate you joining on and uh with that uh thank you everybody for listening in to uh, national wiffle ball Holy commutes and this KWL edition. Uh, we look forward to listening into more uh, podcasts in the future here. Thanks, Ayers. See ya.